Okay, in this episode, I want to talk about seven keys that will help you become a better leader. And I, you know, it's not magic, it's not uh, the only things, but I can guarantee you that if you put all seven of these pieces in place, you will be a better leader. Stay tuned. In a world of incompetent bosses, micromanagers, and petty tyrants, one management professor claims that he can help you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. You are listening to The Leadersmith. Now, here is your host, Darren Gertis. Okay, so we're going to talk about how to become a better leader. Now, um, why should I be talking about this? Let me give you some of my background. I'm a management professor. I've been at this since 2005. I have built uh, a master's program in leadership, a minor in leadership, just got the green light to uh, build a bachelor's program in leadership. I've been studying eat, drinking, and sleeping leadership. It's just, it's a fascination. It's been a fascination of mine since childhood. I'm going to tell you seven keys to becoming a better leader. It's not an exhaustive list, but I think that if you get these seven core blocks in place, and this is not a la carte, this is not like, oh, I think I'm going to choose this one and I'm going to forget about that one. No, no, no. Listen to all seven, hear all seven, process and implement all seven, and it will make you a better leader. I promise you. Okay. So first let's, let's get this idea that anyone can be a better leader into our heads because sometimes we have this idea that if you're a born leader I and mean, nobody ever talks about being a born manager or a born accountant even though there are personalities that are like the accountant personality that's true but anyone can do it so same thing with leadership it doesn't matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert if you're young or old it that's not it doesn't matter. An introvert can be a good leader if the introvert will simply process how they lead differently than an extrovert naturally will. So naturally born leader or natural born leader is, is a crock. You don't have to have charisma. In fact, Peter Drucker talks about how charisma is more of a danger than an asset. So don't worry if you're not charismatic and you don't have to worry about that. Okay. So there's no class or category of leader anyone can lead. You have to want, now this is part number one, uh, part B of number one. You have to want to be a leader though, in order to be successful. So if you don't want it, get out of the job. Tom Peters, uh, Simon Sinek, uh, big names in leadership all agree on this. You have to want to be a leader. Uh, Tom Peters talks about how you know successful leaders, they get a kick out of being a leader. They love it. They, 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 it, it, it energizes them. Same thing with Simon Sinek. He talks about the same kind of thing. They enjoy persuading other people. They enjoy the politics. Peters talks about how they enjoy the politics of leadership. Like I actually did when I was uh, the director of the graduate program, I enjoyed the rough and tumble politics that would help my faculty or my students be more successful because it was for a good cause. So I didn't mind fighting those battles, but some people, it wears them out. And if that's you, maybe leadership isn't for you. But if you enjoy the effect or if you're, if you're willing to go through it for the effect and you enjoy the outcome of the effect, 
maybe that will be for you. Simon Sinek says the same thing. You must study leadership in order to become a better leader. So get good books, read top 10 lists. I'll put a top 10 list of books to read in the, in the description below. Watch other videos on this channel and other channels, and you will become a better leader over time. It's like anything else. It's like wisdom or love or leadership. It processes over time. There's no silver bullet, but there are some things that you can do that can enhance your ability to do it right. So get that list of top 10 books. Um, watch other videos on the channel. Okay, number two, lead by example. Okay, that's part A and part B is and don't pretend that you know everything. So those two go together because if you lead by example, th there's almost no more powerful way that I can uh, tell you how to lead. Lead by example. Do the thing that that you are asking other people to do. Now, I'm not asking you to do it too all the time. I'm asking you to show them that you can do it. It's called the in the trenches effect. And I had this fascinating experience when I was a junior in high school. I was a high school hurdler, and I I kept doing this thing. Hurdlers they they run hurdles. They don't jump hurdles. So if you ask a hurdler, they run hurdles. But every third step or fifth step, depending on how short their legs are they'll run the hurdle they'll they'll put a lead leg over and a trail leg will follow now i kept dipping my trail leg down and somehow i just kept clipping the hurdle and i kept i was frustrated i said coach Serrano, how how do i do this i can't seem to make this right and he said and he would tell me and tell me and tell me and it never clicked and then he ran it himself and showed me now the guy was like 40 and when you're 17 16 years old you think 40 is ancient but he had my respect from that moment forward and I listened to every word he said because at that point like wow he could do that that's the in the trenches effect and so if you can show if you can do it yourself that, that it's powerful okay now part of your example is also humility when you're open to improvement others want to help you if you're willing to listen to them others want to help you if you're humble enough to come to them and ask others want to help you so i had uh administrators who worked for me when i was a graduate program director and i would bring them a document and i'd say hey what do you think of this and what can we do to improve it now, I didn't say, here's what we're doing. I came to them and I asked them to improve it. Now, I had more education than they did, but what did they do? They improved it every time. It's amazing to me that how much we leave on the table because we don't ask people to simply look at and help us improve things. But if you do, they will. And you got to be open and humble enough to realize that you don't have the end all on how you're saying things or what you're doing and that other people have ideas that can help you improve. Okay, number three, team norms. So I do this exercise in my power and influence class where I have them create kind of a, a contract. The scenario is this, either they're first coming into the organization and they're, they're, they're brand new to the organization and they come in with this document saying, hey, here's how this department should run. Or they're going on a trip for a couple of months and they're saying, here's what will happen in my absence. Either way, they're creating a contract um, in, in this, and the idea is that this is how the organization should run. So we're getting all the norms of the organization out in the open and on the same page. Now, this document is particularly powerful if you can build it jointly with your people, not just hand something down, but it's a document that will bind them and you. And then you review it regularly and you hold them to it and they hold you to it.
and you reward them for holding them, holding you to it and them to it. So this is how we're going to operate. And now if it's something is that, you know, hey, we're a team and we're not snarky around here, then you hold all the snark at, at bay by having this document and holding them to it. So whatever it is, it doesn't matter what's on the document so much as that you actually have a contract that they socially buy into, socially and intellectually buy into. And it becomes a social contract that binds all of you together. You do that and you'll have a powerful handle on your culture. Okay. Number four, don't become a bottleneck. Bosses do this all the time because they want to feel like they're important, but your job is to remove obstacles. You are not quality control, like bring it to me. I will see what this is like. No, you're a gardener. You're trying to help grow these leaders. That's that's language that I borrowed from Drucker. Drucker was once asked if leaders are born or made, and he, he said they're they're grown. Like and it's like a gardener. That's your job. You're trying to help them grow. You're not trying to oversee if they're making errors because they're the little people. Um, okay, so sometimes we want to provide all the answers. And when we do that, we disempower our people. We want to help them do it themselves instead. That's the way to help them grow. Help them do it themselves without your approval. Get out of the way. Now, we, we fall into this trap because it just feels so good to be needed. Oh, we're needed. Oh, they can't do it without us. What would they do without us? And when we do that, when we try to feel like we're powerful and feel like we're important, we take away their responsibility from them. And then they become infantilized or they, they become feeble because we're creating the feebleness in them. Don't do that. Help them grow. Help them help them feel important. Help them feel like they have ownership over what's going on. Do what any good parent would do. Um, my six-year-old, I, I don't want her to be dependent on me to tie her shoes. I want to help her tie her shoes so that she understands it. And then I want her to tie her shoes the rest of her life. Does that, does that make sense? So if, if I can do that at home, I can do that at work. Give them confidence. Ask them questions. And I talked about this earlier, but when you ask questions, you are saying something really amazing about how much you value them. It's not just, hey, I'm telling you what to do because I'm the boss. And you can do that. You, you have the formal power to do that, but stop. Don't do that. Stop telling. Start asking. And when you ask, you empower, you help them grow, you help them think through what they would do. And it becomes this uh, virtuous cycle. Okay, number five, you must cultivate leadership attributes in others. So check your ego. This is somewhat similar to the last, but it's a little different. Check your ego, help them shine. Remember leadership. You're watching a leadership video right now. You're watching this video to help you become a better leader, but leadership isn't about you. It's about them. Yes, you're working on you to help them. And if you keep them others in mind the whole time, that's how you're going to help them grow. Remember, leadership is about others, not you. They need to have a vision and a North Star. You work that out and you maybe you're pointing the way. That's the North Star, guys. Remember that one, big shiny one. That's the North Star. But they can pursue this without you. They don't need you. Then at that point, you're empowered. Simon Sinek talks about starting with why. And he does that for a reason. If you help them get the motivation and they have the why, then they can figure out the how 
how on their own. Patton talked about the same thing. Never, never tell people what to do. Tell or tell tell them how to do something. Tell them what to do, and they'll amaze you with the results. So start with the why. Provide the why. Give them the room to work it out. Pro- create a protective bubble around them to help them. Let them work and you'll be amazed at what they can do. Okay, number six. Number six is create a culture or a climate of psychological safety. It it has to be a psychologically safe place, not a place of judgment, not a place of high pressure, not a place where they can't screw up. And it certainly can't be a place where they can't tell the truth. They have to be able to tell the truth. If, if yes men are getting promoted because they agree with you, that's bad. You have to make sure that everyone knows what they need to do, what their priorities are, and then help them become self-starters so that they can, they agree upon their goals and then they go do it. That's it. Um, and by the way, while I'm on this point, this is a little side note. If a job is 80, per, if, if they come to you with a plan and it's 80% as well done as you would create, let them roll. Don't get in the way and say, well, you know, I would do X, Y, and Z. No, you're going to cull their motivation. Don't do that. Focus on their motivation. Help them become what they should be and make sure the environment is one where they can thrive. Okay, finally, you have to be, now I talked about how leadership is not about you, it's about others, but you have to be the kind of leader worth following. Do you have integrity? Are you honest? Can you be trusted? Okay. Can they trust you to do what you say you will do? If you say you're going to do X, are you going to do X or are you going to do Y? If you are that rock, if you're that stability, everything comes together. That's why I told you, you can't just pick and choose these different things. You have to listen all the way to the end because if you don't, then you're going to have a problem. Okay. They know also that you're not perfect. So you have to admit your mistakes, be humble enough to say, you know, I don't know. I've been to a a Nobel laureate's presentation. I was at the University of Virginia when uh, James Buchanan, he won a Nobel Prize in economics, spoke. And people kept asking him questions. Uh, Dr. Buchanan, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? He's like, huh, I don't know. Hey, he's a Nobel Prize winning uh, economist. If he can say, if he can admit, I don't know, certainly as a young or new manager or mid-level manager, you can admit that you don't know something. And when you don't know, now is your opportunity to ask, well, what would you do? How would you process this? Let's think through this. And they will come up with ideas. And guess what? When they come up with ideas, they own it. That's how you can become a good manager. Admit your mistakes. You're not perfect. Stop insulting their intelligence by uh, pretending that you are. Okay. Hey, thank you for your time. I hope that those seven steps help you significantly. And I hope it helps you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. (laughs) 